Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Hallo, und herzlich willkommen. Shalom, Herzlich willkommen. Heel leuk dat je kijkt naar dit online congres. Hello and welcome to Bangor Worldwide 20s and 30s. Hi everyone, my name is Jason. And I'm Erica. And we want to give you a really warm welcome to Bangor Worldwide 2020, and in particular to the 20s and 30s event tonight. If you have been to a Bangor Worldwide event in the past, welcome back. But if it's your first time, we're glad you tuned in. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, this is a mission event that's been going for over 80 years, based primarily in Bangor in Northern Ireland. And in more recent years, we've been doing events elsewhere throughout the country as well. And the purpose of the, the event is really just to encourage people about what God is doing around the world and the part that you and I might play in that. And so tonight, over the next 45 minutes or so, we're going to have some time to worship God together in song. There's going to be a story of a family who went on mission to Russia. Uh, we're going to be hearing about some 20s and 30s specific seminars in Worldwide this year. And also, we're really delighted that Dave Wiley, who's the lead pastor in Emmanuel Church in Lurgan, is going to be sharing with us from God's Word later on. And despite we weren't able to meet in person this year, I'm glad we were able to join together online from anywhere in the world. I believe that Jesus wants to meet with us, speak to us, and touch our hearts in a powerful way tonight. So let's join together in faith and prayer as we continue our meeting. Yeah, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do come together. Lord, we unite our hearts together, seeking your face, Lord, because we thank you that you are the God of all the earth. The earth is yours and everything in it, the world and all of its people who live there. And so, Lord, would you speak to us tonight? Lord, we have open hearts and open minds. Lord, would you come and speak to us and meet with us? Would you reveal more of yourself to us as well as your heart for this world that you so love? And Lord, then would you give us the ability to not just hear, but to do something with what we hear. Lord, to put into action whatever it is that your Holy Spirit is saying to us. So Lord, bless each part of tonight. May all of it lead to, to your purposes and your glory being fulfilled and being seen across the earth. Lord, we commit this night to you. We commit every person who is watching this to you. And I ask that you would speak to each of us individually in Jesus' name and for his glory throughout the earth. Amen. Sin of the world, his blood 
open up the gates, make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? And our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. And our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Yes, every knee will bow. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 No one. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? the Lord Almighty. He can stop the Lord. And our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. He's fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lion. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. God, we want to thank you that you are here with us, that you love us, God. And yeah, I just pray um, a blessing on this time that we have together, God. Help us really worship you. Help us worship you like, like we've never worshipped you before, God. This is strange, this is different, but um, God, I pray that you would just encounter each and every person that is watching this, that hears these words that sings along, God. Um, yeah, I just pray that you will allow your children to worship you in spirit and in truth today, tonight, whatever time of day it is, or wherever it is all over the world. God, I just pray that um, there would be a sound of worship that is raised to you. And we love you and we want to worship you. We want to praise you, God. So yeah, let's praise, let's praise him. between us I hide the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night and through the darkness your loving shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. 
Who could imagine? Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped on from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. We sing it again. salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living hope and came the morning it sealed the promise your very body began to breathe on the silence the roaring lion declare the grave has no claim on me sing that again then came the morning that sealed the promise you buried body Hi everyone, my name is Rick Hill and I'm really looking forward to being part of the program at Worldwide this year. I work for the Presbyterian Church in Ireland in a role that helps the church to think about the area of discipleship. And so the theme of the seminar that I'm going to be sharing is local discipleship with a global perspective. And we're going to be thinking about how we grow as disciples and how that actually should impact um, a kind of global and give us a global mindset.
I'm going to be sharing some biblical perspective, some personal stories, and some practical principles with you that will hopefully help you to think about how your growth as, as a disciple actually should reach far beyond you, your life, your community, your church, your neighborhood, uh, and be part of Jesus' outward moving mission and have a global kingdom mindset. So we'd love you to join with us. I know there's a million different things you could be doing. I know there's lots of different online offerings right now, but I'm so thankful for the resources that Worldwide will be putting out um, very soon. And I would just love you to, to log in to, to all of the resources they're putting out. Uh, and particularly, I'd love to invite you to join me uh, as I share as part of this seminar, uh, Local Discipleship with a Global Perspective. Hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephen Rogers, and I'm delighted to say I have a very special seminar. Uh, the commission given to me was to do a seminar on mental health, spiritual health, and missions, and the connection between the three. So I have a title for my talk, and I hope you'll tune in. It's Make the Connection Between Your Body, Your Mind, and Health, and Missions. Make the Connection Between Your Body, Your Mind, and Health, and missions and this is especially for people who are have bodies which is probably most of us who have a mind again which is all of us and mental health is a hot topic these days as you know and those who've got a heart for mission and i want to show the connection between the three look forward to seeing you this year worldwide we've got a great opportunity for everyone to take part in live zoom chats with missionaries across the world this is a really exciting chance to hear from them, to chat with them, to ask them questions and pray and hear about the work they're doing in the various countries around the world. So I'd really encourage you to grab yourself a hot cup of coffee in the comfort of your own home between 9 and 10 p.m. on Friday the 21st and Sunday the 23rd, Wednesday the 26th and Friday the 28th. We're going to be connecting with missionaries in Bangladesh, the Arab world, South Africa and Latin America. If you want any more information, you can contact Jason at worldwidemission.org and to get the Zoom ID, he'll give you that. And for any other information, you can go on to any of our social media platforms. Perspective. It's a powerful thing. Perspective has the ability to take something you've seen hundreds of times, something totally familiar, and then with a shift, completely change the way you view it forever. And if a different perspective could cause you to rethink one thing, maybe it could help you rethink everything. We're gonna invite you to do a lot of rethinking. Rethink church, your neighbors, how you approach the Bible, God's mission on this earth, and the role your story has in that mission. It's hard to imagine that 40% of the world's population today does not have a realistic way to learn that Jesus is the best news in the universe. Throughout all of scripture, God is relentless about seeing his entire creation redeemed. Did you catch who was invited to this banquet? All the people of the world. Seeing the gospel communicated to all peoples should be a major priority as his disciples. And now we're going to look at our stories in a different light. The ultimate source of your identity and what qualifies you to do the good things of God doesn't come from what you've done but from who God says you are. This is the highest calling we could possibly have to live, speak, and reflect the glory of God. It doesn't take a special call from God or a seminary degree. Our relationships have the potential to reach the world. God didn't intend for missions to be just a department or ministry of our churches. God has planned it to be the foundation of all ministry. But everyday people can change everything when they are a part of God's mission. Our generation is the generation responsible to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We can be the ones to see every people group have access to the gospel because what we know for certain is that there is momentum. When everyday people say yes to joining the momentum of what God is doing in the world, that's when we see everything in our world change. share a little bit of our family's journey on mission to Russia. For a long time I have felt called to Russia 
um, and I have been on a number of short-term trips. I just came back from one in February 2014 and I felt like we should go for longer term. So in September 2014, we set off for Krasnyarsk in Siberia in Russia. When we were making this decision, I think the biggest challenge we felt that we had was that we had a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and I was six months pregnant at the time. So in September 2014, we set off to the third largest city in Siberia called Krasnyarsk. Three kids, five suitcases, and a lot of help from both God and strangers. Adjusting to Siberian culture was a big challenge for us. It was very different than what we were used to. The weather was also much more severe, especially in the winter. And the language was challenging, and not many people in that part of Russia speak much English. However, the biggest challenge in our heads was still the kids. How would they get on? How would they respond? How would they cope with life being so different and them being so young? But in reality, kids go with the flow. And in this scenario, it worked out exactly like that. Our kids were just amazing. We had a great year learning the language, exploring the culture. We had some gospel opportunities. We partnered with a great church and it was amazing to see what God is doing in Siberia. The strongest response we have had from people in their 20s and 30s is something along the line of, well, that's great, but we could never do that with our kids at this stage or our kids being so young or our family dynamic and how this would work with a young family. But in our experience, as very normal people, it was a great time to go. The children were actually one of our greatest gospel assets. They opened up so many conversations and they just embraced life in Russia so much easier than we did. We know as well it has been very much a significant part of their discipleship journey as they have understood the gospel, who Jesus is, and how much we want to completely give our lives in service to him. We would never want to live within limits that God never intended as we seek to fulfill the Great Commission. Hi there, my name is Andrew and I work for the Bible Society in Northern Ireland. Just before we hear from God's Word tonight, I want to encourage you to do something a little bit different this week. There's something really powerful when people proclaim Scripture aloud, whether by ourselves or with our families or in a small group. When God's Word is read out loud, we hear the voice of our Creator, sense the power behind the words He has given us and gain wisdom, understanding and encouragement for our walk. And so this week at Bangor Worldwide 2020, one of the things we want to challenge you to consider doing is just that. Read the Bible out loud every single day. To help you do that, you can head to your app store or Google Play and download Bible 2020, a handy smartphone app for your phone, where you'll have the chance to read the Bible, video yourself proclaiming it each day, and share it on your social media. You can also watch videos of other believers around the world reading the same passage as you in their own language. It is incredible. So why not go and download Bible 2020 now and get ready to proclaim God's word aloud each day this week. Do it in your home, on the beach, on top of a mountain, wherever you are this week and share it by tagging Worldwide 2030s and play your part in God's great commission as given to us by Jesus in Matthew 28 verses 16 to 20. Let's hear those words now before this evening's talk. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Good evening, everyone. It is uh, such a privilege to be with you tonight on this opening night of Bangor Worldwide Mission Convention 2020. Uh, obviously, this year it's coming at you in a very different format with an online convention. And uh, I, I just want to say I'm really excited to be doing this uh, with you guys tonight. Obviously, this first night is framed specifically for a 20 to 30 year old age group. I'm really excited about that, probably uh, very firstly because I belong to that age group still, which I'm really thankful for. Uh, I recognize that I don't have very long left in that group before I fall off the other end of it. Uh, so I'm excited to be with you, uh, to be able to, to share. Um, but the, the other reason, I guess, even as we start into the convention for this week, to specifically be able to talk to this age group, I recognize that uh, this is a key moment, a really formative uh, part and stage of, of many of your lives. Um, some of you are asking some really, really crucial questions at the moment, um, some really crucial life questions about the next part of what you're going to be doing. Some of you might even be finishing university, coming towards the end of that, starting to really explore and question what would a career look like for you. Some of you might be at the moment starting to think around the potential of marriage. Some of you might even be thinking around family and what that would look like for you. <clears throat> those, those questions are so crucial. Those questions are so important. But at the outset, I suppose, I guess I wanna to speak to those and we'll come back to them again at the end. I simply wanna just really state this. All of those decisions that you're, you're thinking through at the moment, all of those thoughts that you have, those questions, I just really want to put that and present this to you tonight that I feel that all of those really crucially need framed and filtered through the lens of your primary identity. Now, let, let me explain what I mean by that. So your primary identity won't always be around what your job title will be. Your primary identity won't be around the title of husband or wife. Your primary identity won't be around parent, as great and significant as those things are. Your primary identity as a believer is simply the fact that you are a son and a daughter of God and ultimately that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it can be really, really easy, uh, a thing to just, just use that term Christian. Sometimes we use it just really simply for people who attend church. Sometimes it can be for people that hold a certain sympathy to the biblical teachings. And yet when we claim the title Christian and we claim that we belong to Jesus Christ, ultimately what we are saying is that Jesus is Lord of our life and that we are aligning ourselves to follow him in all of life, which is the very essence of discipleship. Here, here's a plug um, for something that's coming up as seen on your website. One of the seminars specifically, again, for this age group, a good friend of mine, Rick Hill, is going to be running this Tuesday, I think, at four o'clock. The guys can correct me if I'm wrong with that. But the seminar is going to be framed around the title of Local Discipleship with a Global Perspective. And I feel that it's really crucial, particularly for, for you all with this conference, which is a focus on it with a global perspective. When it comes to engagement with mission, it is crucial that we understand our roles as disciples of Jesus Christ. What you see, when you realize and understand the heart and essence of discipleship, you, write, you realize that mission is for everyone. God is a God who loves the world. God created this world and created it so good and so perfect. And yet we see in the open pages of scriptures there in Genesis 3, a sin comes into the world and everything that was so good and perfect suddenly becomes broken. We, some suddenly becomes painful, it becomes twisted. And yet there still within Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, we have the introduction to a mission plan, a rescue plan that is there by God. We were introduced to a rescuer, a Messiah, Jesus Christ is foretold that he will come and he will redeem and he will rescue and he will restore all of this broken creation and reconcile all things unto the Father. God from that moment was on mission. 
Um, I think it was a guy, let me just read his name here, I think it was a guy, Carl Hartenstein, in 1934. He was the first person to coin the phrase Missio Dei. It's a, it's a Latin Christian theological term that can be translated as the mission of God or the sending of God. God. There's a missional impulse to God in terms of going after those who are lost to seek to redeem and to restore them. And we see this missional impulse, the narrative of it, even as we engage with the biblical narrative. So even in the Old Testament, for example, God calls and chooses for himself a people through whom which all the nations of the world would be blessed. God was looking to bless all of mankind. The, the missional impulse, that missional narrative continues when we go into the gospels. And you all know that really well-known verse, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave or he sent his only son, Missio Dei, this missional God, the sending God, sends his son into the world. Jesus comes and lives a life here where he initiates the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And Jesus dies uh, on the cross for the sins of, of all mankind. God is active. God is missional. God is on the move. But that's not the end, again, of the missional narrative. Before Jesus returns back to heaven, Jesus gathers for himself a group of disciples, those that are going to be the beginning point of his church and he tells them to continue this redemptive story that through them, that the good news of the kingdom of heaven would spread to all the world. And so just really simply at the start to say this, if you recognize that you're a believer, if you recognize that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then it's fundamental that we recognize the call that that brings with it for your life. When it comes to that essence of just discipleship, I love being able to talk around that, but Jesus initiated the call of discipleship to his own 12 disciples by simply saying the words, follow me. You read that in the gospels there at the, the side of the, the seashores. He calls the disciples to himself, some of the fishermen and other people. He uses these words, follow me. The essence in nature, when we think about what that means, can be sometimes about someone walking with someone following behind. But I love to think about it in terms of, do you know that game we used to play as children, follow the leader? My own kids would play that. And you know what it's like, someone's designated as the leader and whatever they do with their body, whatever movements, our responsibility is to imitate or to mirror or to mimic what, what the leader is doing. That's the essence of it. And this is what Jesus has invited us to be able to do as his disciples. Jesus is saying, I have paved the way. I have gone ahead of you. I have shown you the shape and direction of what your life should be like as a follower of mine. And it is now, now our responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ, that we mirror, we mimic, we imitate the ways of Jesus in our lives. Listen, don't just take my words for it. Let's listen to what Jesus simply says himself. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says these words, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes, so if you call yourself a believer tonight, this is for you. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will do, will also do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. And Jesus, even before he leaves again, this scene of time, he gives all of his disciples, all of his followers to you and I that belong into the church, this great commission, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all these things that I've commanded you. And then Jesus says, and know this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, you and I, we are now the ones that are sent by God to reveal his kingdom, his hope, his love to a world that so desperately needs it. So here's the, really, the, guess, the first main point that I simply want to say. Mission is a corporate responsibility for all believers. It's not a department of church that is reserved for a few. Mission is a corporate responsibility for all believers, for everyone watching this tonight. Mission is a corporate responsibility for all believers. It's not a department of church that is reserved for a few. When I was growing up in the church that I attended growing up, there was a, there was a prayer room, and in that prayer room, there was, a, there was a map on the wall. And I remember there was, there was pictures of missionaries either from our own local church or belonging to the denomination that were were placed around it with bits of string going from the pictures with little pins into the map that showed the places where these people were serving. And it was great because it reminded us that we needed to be able to pray for these people. But one of the other things that it did was that it started to frame this narrative, even in my mind, this is maybe the way I thought about it, perhaps you might feel the same, but in my mind you almost thought, they're the missionaries and I'm just like a normal 
run-of-the-mill type of Christian doing my own thing here at home. They're the missionaries, and I'm just a normal person trying to get on with it. And again, the reality is, for me, that was just such a simplified, wrong and reduced mindset of the call that was upon our lives. As a disciple of Jesus, mission is for everybody. You know what it's been like these last number of months with COVID-19. It seems to be that our world has been turned upside down. But one of the things that I've really felt and sensed, even leading within a local church context, it just, it feels to me that at this moment, God, even through these times, has been almost reawakening his church to realize afresh what it means to be part of the church of Jesus. And again, what it means to be a disciple. Church is not something you go to and simply attend on a Sunday. The church is the name that's given to the body of people who've been called to live out the ways of Jesus here on earth. And God, it seems, once again, is trying to grab our attention again to what it means to be part of this. He's done this in the past during difficult times, that he's grabbed the attention of the church and almost through it has birthed something fresh in the life of all believers. So, for example, in a missional context, in a missional story, the church in China, for example, during the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s, during that stage, all religion was violently purged and the Chinese church faced intense persecution. Um, but one of the, one of the uh, members from the Chinese church, we don't know their name, but someone from Open Doors had quoted one of the believers from the Chinese church as simply saying this around that stage. Before the early 1960s, we practiced Christianity in churches and hardly anywhere else. After we were scattered, we practiced in our homes and therefore everywhere else. If the only time we really engage with Christianity is when we come to church to practice some religious motions or routines, we miss the very essence and nature of the fullness of life that God wants to call us into. And it, you, you know, the reality is for the church in China, by 1982, there were three million believers by the scattered church that had come alive. What happens if even at this time, even during this period of, of COVID-19, that God is seeking to do exactly the same thing with us, is trying to reawaken us once more to engage with mission as a church. One of our good friends here uh, at Church in Lurgan is a guy called John Scott, who is from Scotland. Uh, and he said this line recently that just, I just loved. He said, um, it used to be that missionaries were furloughed to go back to church. So when they're being brought back off the mission field, they were furloughed back to church. But he asked this question, what if in these days the church is being furloughed to go back into mission? As we're recommissioned and recalibrated to rem and reminded almost once again of the call that is upon all of our lives, Jesus makes it really clear in terms of the pattern of what this means. So in Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. To a people who were in Jerusalem, Jesus simply says this, when you catch the heart nature of the call that is upon our lives, Jesus says, firstly, it begins in Jerusalem. Jesus is saying this to the people in Jerusalem, mission begins at home. Jesus' command to all believers was to love our neighbors. And during these times of difficulty, my question to you would be, how have we responded? What has it been like for us? Before we even begin to reflect and think about during the rest of this week, the global expanse of mission and the far-reaching nature to the nations, we need to grasp initially the truth and reality of mission begins at home. So even over these, this period of time when people have been in need, and even people, even in the houses beside you, the neighbors that have been around you, how have we responded to what has been going on in their lives? Because through your life and through my life, God desires to work and to show his love and to reveal his love to people that are in need, people who have been quarantined, people who have been shielding, people who have been isolating. And many people might still be doing that over the next while. So what is our response at the moment? How do we love those around us? Because the crucial thing for us to grasp is mission begins at home. This is the birthing point of mission. Not something that we do at some point whenever we feel like we're gonna go on a plane to somewhere else. Mission begins at home. And yet, for many people even watching this tonight, there is a specific call upon your life to go into other areas. So Jesus says it's not just, the call isn't just for Jerusalem, but it's for Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In the, in the context of the people who were listening to that call, Judea, Samaria is almost for us like what it would be for for the south of Ireland or for mainland UK, for the rest of the earth, obviously, as for all the other nations. 
And yet for us, when we think about engaging with missions, sometimes when we think about, oh, where would God want me to go? We're thinking, where are some of the big remote places, the people who have who've never heard it before? Or, and yet the reality is, even nearby to where we are, there is such a need for Jesus. So when we think about the South of Ireland, one of the, one of the great resources that I love is, is through this organization called Operation World. And Operation World, I'm not sure how, if this is an up-to-date copy. I've had this for quite a while. But they have a website as well, which you can access. And Operation World give lots of up-to-date stats and information about pretty much any nation in the world. And one of the stats that actually Operation World tells me is that in the south of Ireland, there's, out of all the population, there's only 1.5% evangelical Christians in Northern Ireland. They are those who believe in a saving relationship with Jesus, those who believe that they are saved and justified by faith in Christ alone. And so the essence and nature of that for me is that I recognize that as a disciple of Jesus, that leaves me with the responsibility For us, maybe perhaps for you watching this tonight, perhaps the call upon your life is that there is something for you to go and to leave the comfort of a home setting, but actually to go even into the south of Ireland and to make Jesus known in a beautiful way. We'd We'd love to see churches planted in the south of Ireland as well. When we think about in the nations, without even thinking about some of the most far-reaching places, even places that are even closer to home. So for example, in Europe, places that are so easily accessible to us now that for most people, the only thing we would think about Europe is that that would be a really, really nice holiday destination, a place for us to go. I'm not judging that. I would love to go on holiday, but haven't been able to because of coronavirus. Um, But the reality is that's sometimes in our mind is the only thing we think about when we think of a place like Europe. It's just a place where we go on holiday. But what if it was the place that God is calling you to go on mission rather than just on holiday? So for example, again, some of the statistics in some of those countries, France, Spain, Italy, only 1% of each of those populations, again, would be considered evangelical Christians, those who believe and have accepted and received Jesus in a saving faith relationship. So just with all of that being said, when we recognize the responsibility for everyone with mission, when we realize even in places nearby to us, but even more, probably more um, alarming statistics in other parts of the world, what is our responsibility? And so for the last few minutes, just two things really to leave you with. Firstly, and really importantly, it is significant for us as believers that we pray that God would move. God is obviously at work in the nations, but it's important that we pray for the nations. Again, Operation World is great. It gives great information and great prayer points on each of those nations as well. Some things that you can really be praying into. And our prayers are crucial. James 5 verse 16, the well-known verse, it says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. It is crucial that we pray. It is important that we open ourselves to be able to pray for what God is doing in those nations. My encouragement to you this week as you engage with this mission conference, listen, rather than it just being one of those things that you do each year for the sake of doing it, but is your heart and your mind open to allow God to start to speak into you? You know, as you engage with some of the talks, as you engage with some of the seminars, um, I believe that there's some things that you're going to be doing some of the nights called, their live Zoom conversations called to the ends of the earth where people are going to set stories and contacts of what's happening in different areas of the world. My, my, uh, my encouragement to you, would don't, don't just go into those just for the sake of hearing stories, but would you allow your hearts to be open and for your minds to be filled with some of the things that is going on in the world and that in that, that it'll, those are some of the things that actually frame and birth some of the new prayers that are flowing out of your heart that God would move, that God would start to graciously redeem and save and restore many people and that you're hearing about in each of those areas. We need to be a people that pray like never before. But very finally, as a people that pray, my, my encouragement to you, again, as I speak to this age group of 20 to 30s, my encouragement to you would be not just to be a people that pray, but to be a people that go. Do you realize that, again, many of those things that you pray and you ask God to do, the primary way in which God is seeking to outwork what he wants to do in the earth at the moment, again, is through his church. It's through you. It's through me. And so when you read some of the statistics about some of the things and some of the need that there is in the world, sometimes we can scratch our head and start to think, God, how is that possible? And sometimes we can start to question how so many people could, could uh, leave this scene of time and not be saved. 
And yet the reality is, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus looked a group of believers in the eyes and gave this command, which he gives afresh to you tonight. He says, go into all the world. This is on our watch. This is our responsibility. And so what's important for us that we are a people that have a desire to go and to be engaging in this way. My, my encouragement to you, listen, for some of you who are watching this tonight, there is a call specifically in your life for long-term mission. You and your family, there could be a call for you to go. Listen, you're going to have to count the cost with that, which I get. But you know what? Sometimes to step into that, for some of you who maybe just would love to explore, one of the things which I feel would be crucial for you to do is even to engage in a short-term way with, with mission contacts. There's so many opportunities for you to go for a shorter period of time. I've, I've experienced much of that in the past myself. Remember at the start of university, I went and did some work with the persecuted church in Cuba through, through open doors. And when I was there, I was able to learn some information about the people in Cuba and the church in Cuba that I was able to pray for. But when I was there as well, I experienced the people who were so passionate and in love with Jesus and had a love for Jesus that I just never experienced before, that it radically transformed my life forever by being able to experience it. Being able to be involved with, uh, with frontiers and engaging with unreached people groups in India through organizations like Fields of Life, building schools in Uganda. A lot of work done even in Cambodia with organizations that are addressing uh, human trafficking and sex trafficking, particularly with young children. And when you're in those places, even in a short-term context, what you're able to experience is that you experience God who is already there and God who is already at work. And one of the things that it does is that it enlarges our hearts and our minds again to the call that is upon all of our lives to be able to go. And so my my encouragement would be for if you get the opportunity, go and experience what God is doing in the nations. Allow it to allow your heart to come alive. And then finally, just with those questions, again, that we said at the start, particularly of this age group, you know, many of those things, again, are important. But I, I want to speak to you as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus. And, and the final thing I would just love to say is this. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for second best. Society and culture will tell you there are certain things that are really important for you to do and to have in your life. Don't let it desensitize you to what the need is in the world. Allow God, even this week, to recalibrate your mind, recalibrate your heart and your spirit, to come alive to the call that he has upon your life. And with all of it, to give ourselves completely to this amazing work that Christ has left for us to be able to do as his church. And so I would just love to finish praying for you. I pray that you enjoy this week. I pray that you experience so much of God in it. And let, let, let me just finish praying. Father, thank you that you love this world so much that you sent it your son. And God, thank you that you still love this world so much that you now send it your sons and your daughters. And so God, I just pray, Lord, for everyone who is watching this tonight and God, for everyone else who experiences uh, the, the mission convention, God, this week. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move, that you would speak and you would lead and guide. And God, we just pray, God, hear our lives. God, would you use us for the sake of your glory and your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you and enjoy the rest of your week.
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.